0: Uh, I was in prayer less, this week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been preaching for over 33 years, different places, all around the world, different things. And I always try to prepare a message for whatever word I'm speaking. Uh, I don't like to take a, war, a message that I preached here in Key West, for instance, and take it to... Um, Say London, England, or or uh, I've been West Africa and, and preach the same message there. What I've always asked the Lord to do is give me a message for the people I'm going to be speaking to, so it can become personal to them. And I would ask the Lord, and without even knowing people, and God would give me things. And people would come up afterwards and say, "Man, you were speaking right to me." Well, I said, "I don't know your problems or know you, but I said the fact is, this is God does." And he knows everything, so I, I allow I like to, to allow the Lord to lead me in my prayer time and stuff, and lead me to the message that He wants to preach for today. Now, I've been preaching in Key West for 30 years. <clears throat> 30 out of the 33 years I've been in Key, I've been in Key West preaching that long. And each time, uh, God never pastor doesn't necessarily ever know who's going to show up here. Key West is kind of unique that way because there's a lot of people that come into town and leave town, back and forth, and in and out. And so you're always speaking to people that. You know, you never met before, don't know. But it's amazing how many times God will formulate a message within my heart to preach to the people that just needed to hear at that that particular time. And it's all God. I mean, basically, I I would not know where to start with preaching a message that you all need. Except repent, you lousy sinner. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Repent. Give your heart to the Lord. I mean, you know, that's, I guess, universal But no, I got a message this morning. Now listen, when I got this message, sometimes God will show me a picture or something. Sometimes he'll give me a a scripture that I'll go over and I'll start dissecting that and go through it. And sometimes he gives me a title. Believe it or not, he'll give me a title for a message before I get the message. This is one of those times uh, and, and God gave me the title. He says, okay, now I'll build a message around it. <laughs> said, Great, okay, well, let's, let's, well, work is cut out for us. So I usually start around the middle of the week or something like that, or in the be- some of the times in the beginning of the week, and work on it all week long, meditate on what God wants to, wants to say. Well, the title of my message this morning is Courage Under Fire. All right. Now, how many would raise their hand right now and believe that that's for them this morning? Yes. Before I say anything else, this the title alone is for you this morning. <laughs> All right. Well, God be blessed. Have courage under fire. We'll see you next week. Praise the Lord. No, there's more truth than that. But uh, I, I, and God spoke it so clear that he was like courage under fire. I said, man, when can we remember the last time as a, as a church, or not a church, as a people in society, even our country today, where we've been actually under fire, so to speak. Uh, you know, it's in, it's like every time we turn around, there's a shot. Being fired at us somewhere—I mean, not a physical thing—but there's some other kind of problem that's being uh, forced uh, f- upon us or, or, or have to deal with. Uh, you turn on the news I, anymore? I just click on the news and see what the weather is, and turn the news back off. Uh, and basically, even the weather's wrong. So, <laughs> so we have we have fake weather like we have fake Thank news <laughs> you know <laughs> and the only reason I want to know what the weather is, is cuz I want to know if what day I'm going to go diving this week you know <laughs> but anyway so but courage under fire and since I've been serving the lord all the years I've been serving the lord for a long time a lot longer than I've been preaching uh, but but over the years uh, we do we have challenges in life that come before us and it's like being in a war under fire a lot of times yes, i mean we could be going along one minute and everything goes goes fine then all of a sudden we're faced with this this immense amount of problems and have to deal with each one of them and have to answer to each one of them. And basically, I don't have all those answers. I'm not that smart uh, to have all the answers. So a lot of times, I, but I know God does. And I like to go to him for the answers and different things like this. Well, the one word that stuck out in my mind is not under fire, because that's what we want to gravitate towards. Pastor, are you going to solve all our problems this morning? No, I'm going to tell you how to get Courage. Because you need courage under fire. There's not a, is there anybody in this room that's not under fire right now, spiritually speaking? Anybody? Raise your hand if you're not under fire. Raise your hand if you're living in some kind of a, a, a Greek utopia and everything is just wonderful and you have, you have your, your servants feeding you grapes every morning and the other servant fanning you to keep you cool in this tropical heat that we live in. No? So basically I'm talking about everybody uh, under fire of some sort and how many could use courage. Because basically until we find the courage to face these things, and deal with these things, we're going to be tossed by these things. Amen. Amen? Do you understand when Jesus was in the boat and the boat was tossed by the storm, Jesus wasn't tossed? Do you realize another time when the storm was tossing the boat that Jesus uh, could walk on the water outside the storm and the storm didn't toss him while he was walking on the irregular surface of the water? Do you ever notice that? So if I want to anchor myself from being tossed, I want to look towards Jesus because he has the ability to walk through storms without being tossed. Anyway, I I take the word courage. Let's just use that word this morning. It's an interesting word. I looked it up in a new Oxford American dictionary uh, uh, on my computer, and this is what I felt. Courage. here's Here's the definition for courage. Strength in the face of pain or grief. Strength in the face of pain or grief. That is the definition, the dictionary definition of the word courage. Not the biblical definition, but the, but the uh, dictionary definition. So I had to think about it. So, okay, if we have courage, then there must, there's also another thing that we call discouraged. How many have ever heard the word Discouraged. So the disc means to put off, I guess. But let me go to give you the dictionary. The dictionary word uh, uh, definition for the word discouraged is cause someone to lose confidence or enthusiasm. Let me say that again real slow. Cause someone or to cause someone to lose confidence or enthusiasm. Can I say something right here as a pastor for just a minute? Maybe that's the problem with our churches Because they don't seem to, a lot of times, not everybody, but people come in and they don't seem to have enthusiasm. Are you hearing me? This is a good time to say amen. Right there, when I said enthusiasm, that's a good time to say amen. If I don't see enthusiasm according to the dictionary definition, without anything spiritual, without even a scripture, I can assume then that maybe some people in here, maybe a lot of people in here are discouraged. Are you discouraged? I pray that you're not here in our church anyway just to fulfill some religious obligation that you made up in your brain or have been taught over the, over the years. Because I know what happened. I was brought up in religion. I can, I, can, I can quote you all kinds of stuff. You want to hear the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed? I mean, I can, I can quote you all. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. The fact is, it's all it meant to me is getting through something. Get me to a church service so I can get through it. Really. That's a total lack of enthusiasm. Somewhere along the line, if we go by the discouragement, maybe somebody discouraged you some way, shape, or form. Well, I know one thing. Uh, I always blame things that discourage me on my parents. How about you? Well, my mother made me go to church. I mean, she took me by the Boy, you're going to church. That's all there is to it. Put your little suit on with your, your, your knickers and your, and your knee socks dress you up like a, like a little Lord Fauntleroy and send you off to Sunday school. I said, and I said, man, and you get there and all the other little Lord Fauntleroys are dressed just like you and you're sitting there and you're all pouting, waiting for me over because it looked a lot like school, which we did, I didn't like anyway. But something happened because basically when I turned 18, I left for college. I left, graduated high school, left for college. And I, left. I, said, and I said to myself, I never said this to my mother or my father because I have all my teeth today. But the fact <laughs> is, as I said this, I said, I'm not going back to church ever again. This is it. I'm done. Why? Because there was no enthusiasm towards this thing. Every time I went to church, it was something that interfered with me and basically it discouraged me. That carried through until I met the Lord Jesus Christ for real. Yes, sir. Amen. When I met the Lord Jesus Christ for real, I still went back on my religious roots by thinking, well, I had to go to church. And This is in my notes. I'm just sharing this. But the fact is is, is, is that something happened from the time I kept going to church and kept listening and kept listening that something was getting into me. And that's something that was getting into me was God's Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! And then I can mark from that time, I can mark the events, major events in my life that led me up into the ministry and through the ministry. And now being in the ministry for over 30 years, I can share real life things. I've seen in my lifetime in the ministry I'm talking about, my ministry lifetime, I've seen divine miracles happen. Sure. I was part of the prayer and prayed and, and, and things happened. Divine miracles. People get healed. Yes, amen. I was in West Africa. Uh, we, I spent two trips in West Africa, uh, uh, weeks at a time in West Africa and watched, watched people get miraculously healed. Watch it. I saw it. There was one woman in one small village, I won't mention the name of it, but one woman in one small village, and she was hunkered over like this. I said, what's the matter with her and, and, and talking to the people? She didn't speak English. She spoke her tribal language. She didn't speak English. I'm way in the outback. I was out in a bush. And, 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 and the pastor said, well, she's been like that for many years. She said, you think it's arthritis or something, but she's bent over. She can't straighten up. I said, "So ask her what she's here for. And the woman, she says, I'm here to be healed on my back. So... I said, not a big deal for God. So I laid hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, straighten up. And lo and behold, and the whole place was in amazement, she straightened right up. God. And walked out of that meeting straight, standing straight up. Hallelujah. And the pastor looked at me and says, she ain't never done that before. <laughs> I says, well, it's a brand new day. She's doing it now. Yes, I can share stories like that because what happened is I got out of religion and moved into the, to, to God's fellowship and the supernatural. That I found out that he had a job for me to do. He had something. He had a purpose for my life. And when I, he had a purpose for my life, it changed my entire life. Praise God. Amen. But here's the thing. There's lots of people that had had the same testimony that God has something to do and they're not doing anything with it today. Yes sir. I was sent out of my local church. I was raised up in a local church and sent out as a minister. I think there was six or seven of us being sent out in different ministers. One guy was a missionary, another guy was an evangelist and and other was pastors starting the church. Listen to me. I'm the only one still preaching. It's not about getting something from God. It's what are you planning on doing with it when you get it? Yes sir. yes, sir. Because to walk the walk, the faith walk, it takes courage, is what we're talking about this morning. Help anybody. Yes, well, there's one other word I found in a dictionary. Lazy. No, I'm just, uh, just kidding. It's not... Courage, we talked about courage, we talked about discourage, but there's another one I got, and I'm going to preach the dictionary, so don't be afraid. I got a scripture here, we're going to go right to the scripture, but I, I, I want to share this one last thing, it's to encourage. So we have courage, we have discourage, then we have to have encourage. Encourage, here's the dictionary definition, give support and advice to someone so that they will do, or listen to this, or continue to do something. Can I encourage you to continue to do something? Let me encourage you, keep your faith in Christ. Let me encourage you this morning, keep going to church. Let me encourage you this morning, read your Bibles, get understanding, pray, get a fellowship with the Lord. Not just pray, but have fellowship with Him. Come into the church and don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Can I encourage you this morning to lift up holy hands as you come into church? That Paul said that we should do without wrath or doubting. I saw this. Do you have doubts in your faith? Lift up your holy hands to God, because that's the one thing Paul said will remove doubt. Hallelujah! Praise God! Mm. Amen. So maybe some of us should lift up our hands more. I know it looks more like a stick up and a hold up than it does anything else. But the fact is, is, is basically it's, it's what is what it is. It's a motion of surrender. Take a smallest child comes to their parents and wants to be picked up. They do this. It's very natural. Lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. So I'm going to get anger removed from my heart if I have anger towards anybody by lifting up holy hands. Not just lifting up your hands. It's not an exercise. Lift up your hands to God. It causes us to look to heaven to remove those things in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen in this cutting edge church this morning? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's it. Anyway, how many got your Bible this morning? You got your Bible? This is my father's words. More than history book to me. In this, word, in this book contains words of life. I'll open up my ears. I'll open up my heart to, re- say, to receive the sayings of this book. This book. Okay, praise the Lord. Well, you got this book. This is the old-fashioned analog version. This is the new modern version. So light it up this morning. Turn on your little light. If it's on your iPhone or iPad, whatever you use this morning, let's go to the word. John chapter 10, if you will, turn there with me. And I'm going to read the scripture this morning uh, to start us off. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, amen. Well, John chapter 10. This has been one of my favorite scriptures. Matter of fact, I I shared my testimony of coming out of religion. This was the very first scripture coming out of that religious system that that gave me the first revelation God gave me. This goes way back. This is, this is years and years ago. This is, this is about almost 40 years ago, probably. But God gave me this re- revelation. And don't you know, he expanded on it just this week. <laughs> One scripture, very simple, John chapter 10. Now, if John chapter 10, I think it's 1 through verse 21, uh, talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. It's all in red, so you've got to pay attention. Right, this is red, so we know Jesus is really talking here because it's in red. But the fact is, 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 is Jesus is the good shepherd. It's a he, he calls us sheep. He's a shepherd, and we're a sheep. How many here are sheep this morning? The only other two possibilities are a goat or a wolf, and I don't think you want to be either one of them. But a sheep. sheep. Mm, they all shaking their head, I want to be no goat, I don't want to be no wolf. Well, what why did Jesus use the sheep? I got thinking about this and being my background as a child, being brought up around farms, uh, mostly dairy farms where I grew up as a kid, uh, were all around where we lived. Uh, I had a horse. A horse is a herd animal. Cows are herd animals, correct? But I noticed something about horses and cows that I'm very familiar with is they don't, they're not led a horse can be led, if a horse is in the wild, they usually have one stallion to a herd of horses, okay? And the rest are mares, and the mares follow that one stallion. Whatever that stallion goes, everything follows it. So they do have within themselves something that they follow. But Jesus was saying, no, he didn't, he didn't call us cows. He didn't, call us, he, didn't, he didn't even call us goats. That's a whole other level there. But the fact is, he did call us sheep, didn't he? Sheep are unique in herd animals because they will follow a shepherd. None of the other herd animals, they, don't, they won't follow. They have to be driven <laughs> and on, a horse, on the back of a horse and gathering and, and surrounding cows and so on and so forth and riding out in the fields with the cows. It was really evident that I could push the cows in one direction or another by riding the horse. And, and basically, uh, of course, we didn't do too much of that because they weren't beef cows, they were They were dairy cows, so we were more or less kids just horsing around. A dairy cow goes back to the barn not because the shepherd calls it. It's because a certain time on the clock, they need to be milked, and they're in pain until you milk a cow and get them back. So they go back to the barn on their own and kind of leave on their own. Now, they will find one lead cow and follow that a lot of times. I'm sure the modern uh, dairy farm is—I'm talking old-fashioned because the modern dairy farm is more of a conveyor factory situation than it is what I'm talking about, where the cows go out the pastures, cows get back in the barn, milk the cows, and back out the pasture, and that's done twice a day. So, so—but the fact is, is, is that there's they, they'll they'll pick a leader within their numbers, but they won't follow a shepherd. A shepherd isn't the same species. Would you, Obviously, a shepherd would be a man or, or somebody who leads a sheep, and the sheep depend t- totally on that shepherd. So, can I just throw that in there this morning at no extra charge? But the fact is, Jesus referred to it as, a she- as a sheep. So, when he's talking in this next scripture, because I'm going to read John chapter 10, verse 10, which says this Jesus comes up to this point. He says, The thief does not come except to steal, steal to kill, and destroy. Three things steal, Kill and destroy. Take those in order, please. I'm going to get to you in a minute. First, the thing the thief is going to do, he wants to steal from you. Okay, then what happens if he can can succeed to steal from you? What he really wants to do, he wants to kill you. And then he wants to destroy you. Wait a minute, if you're already dead, how can he destroy you? He can destroy the memory of you. He can destroy the memorial of you. He wants to wipe you off like you never existed. Now, I looked up the word thief in the, in, the, in the Greek text, in the original text, and the word thief means embezzler. It's interesting because there's all kinds of thieves. There's a guy that'll hold you at gunpoint and say, give me your wallet. Well, that's a thief. And he's threatening you with the threat of death uh, uh, to steal something from you. Okay, then you have the other kind of thief that when you're not at home and the lights are all out and you're, you know, he sneaks in your house and he steals what he can and he slips back out. However, none of those describe an embezzler. Can I, can, can I expand on this for a minute? Amen. Because we're talking about the thief. Well, how many you know we're talking about the devil? Yes. He's an embezzler. An embezzler, you can have an embezzler in your corporation and he's part of you. He lives there with you. He's right there in your corporation. He might even have a job in your corporation, but he's embezzling. When you're not looking, he's just taking little bit by little bit from the company. So it's not too obvious until at the end of the year when the books are all done and all of a sudden uh, uh, the the, embezzler is found out. So before he's discovered, he's taken little bit by little bit by little bit. The devil isn't going to come at you, knock on your door, say, I'm Satan. Uh, I, I want to steal whatever you have and whatever. I, and I want to kill you and y'all you kill off your kids. And then I'm going to erase the memory that you've ever existed. He's not going to do that. He's going to sit there and through ideas and thought process, he's going to steal and embezzle a little bit by little bit. Because what Jesus is talking about, he said also said in the same text of scripture, he said, my sheep know my voice and another's they will not follow. So he's talking about, so, so the thief has to sneak in as an embezzler. He climbs up a different way other than the sheep gate. And he slips in. And when the shepherd isn't looking, whoosh, he takes this one and whoosh, takes another one. And begins all of a sudden disappearing. Now, you have to really look to see what's really missing and what's not there. So people get the idea uh, when the, the embezzler, I'm going to call him an embezzler. I like that term better. When the embezzler comes in. You might be a Christian. You might uh, be uh, uh, serving the Lord or wouldn't serve the Lord at one time in your life. And all of a sudden, your service becomes more and more and more diminished because the embezzler is stealing the valuable things out of your life without you even knowing it. Come on, Pastor. Amen. Can I hear an amen in this cutting his church this morning? Praise the Lord. This is the truth. All right, let me go ahead and finish the text. Okay. Uh, the thief does not come except. You know, the only reason he's there is to steal something to kill you and to destroy. Okay. Then Jesus said, but I. Everybody say, I. Talking about Jesus, him. Our, our Savior says this. I come for another reason. And this is what he says. I come that you may have life. Life. And have that life more abundantly. The life in the word in the Greek is zoe. It's talking about a, a, a fantastic life. How uh, I many you ever used the term to, to somebody say, you know, they're bugging you whatever. You say, oh, go get a life. And what does that mean? Go get a life. I mean, they're breathing, so they, they are obviously alive. But go get a life. In other words, go do something with your time besides nag me. Right? Go, go. So use your time or something else. So basically, we refer to the word life, but this in the Greek is talking about breathing life, having, not living life, but it's talking about everything that's attached to a living, breathing soul. It's all of the above. It's the life. It's everything that makes up you. It's your breathing every day and your heart beating continually without stop, uh, uh, prayfully uh, without stop, but it's also everything that you formulated around you. It's all of that taken in one one word, Zoe. And so, Benny, basically, life. He said, "But I come to give you life." In other words, everything is about you. Everything is breathing. Everything is healthy about you. Everything that's that 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 is connected to you. Everything that worries you. Everything. I'm part of all of that. I'm worried everything about you're afraid. I'm about the faith that you place in me. How you? Uh, what about your financial situation? I'm I'm for that. I'm for life. I'm for breathing life into all those things. We don't, we, we, we sometimes breeze through these things, but he doesn't just say life. He adds to it. He said, and that they may have it in a certain way abundantly. Hallelujah. Now, here's where I get to my definitions. Are you ready for this a definition of this Greek word abundantly? This is rather the Strong's Concordance. You can look it up for yourself. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's out of the Thayer's, but you can look it up yourself. But here's what it says. It says abundantly, exceedingly, exceeding. Exceeding some number or measure or rank or need over and above. More than is necessary. I like that. More than is necessary. And this is a word I never heard before, but this is the word in, in the in the thesaurus. It says super added. Right. We we have a what well, well, the kids have a saying. Super cool? Is, is that <clears throat> a new saying? I mean, my generation is, oh, cool, man. But no, they, they got, they took a notch better. They go, is that right, Josiah? You're in that generation. Super cool? I guess. Huh? That's your generation? See, I got to catch up. Sorry, what, what's the what's new term for, su- for super cool? Lit. Huh, what? Lit. Lit, oh, lit. I, like I uh, Lit. <laughs> oh, wow, man, that's, that's. That's lit. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Doesn't drive the point home. Sorry. <laughs> Superhanded. Some, okay. <clears throat> Something further. is I'm still running the same definition. Plainly superior. <clears throat> Excuse me. But Jesus Christ has given me a life that is plainly superior. Yeah. 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 Superior to who? Superior to what? superior to all of the above. Yes, amen. Praise God. I'm still catching up. I'm still living it, but superior. Praise God. I have come to give you life, and that life superior. Amen. I like it. Okay, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. It said extraordinary. I come to give you life. And life extraordinary. Oh, man. See, you all trying to be ordinary. <laughs> the devil's got you ordinary. Oh, God. And God wants you extraordinary. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise he wants what you do extraordinary. I just get into the definitions. Amen. You're getting excited. I can't wait to hear the rest of this message. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll go on. And here's a surprising. And here's the one I like. Uncommon. Amen. Amen do not call common what God has blessed. It is uncommon. And we have to take that poise because if you want to experience that, you have to first walk it out. And before you can begin to walk it out, you have to understand there's two opposing forces that I just mentioned. One is trying to take you out and one's trying to lift you up. One is trying to to, to, to diminish you and what is trying to increase you. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Now, is it possible to be a Christian who we have to walk humbly before the Lord and be extraordinary? Can we actually be uncommon and be set apart? Yes, Absolutely. Yes, because we're who we're doing it for and in front of is for the Lord. You're doing it for your own foolish pride. You're going to fail. The, 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 the embezzler has just embezzled the truth from you. If you're doing this just for yourself or for my good pleasure, I, I mean, out in the world, that's all the world is doing. They're following their pleasures. Yes, sir. If you do that, you've been embezzled as a Christian. Amen. Now, the world is no different. They're just doing what they done to do. You can give the world a break. The religious people and the backsliders, what I want to talk to this morning, hallelujah. Have you been embezzled? Oh, you've been embezzled that because you're a Christian, you can't do certain things in the world. Well, maybe it isn't if it, if it brings uh, God's disgrace. And disgrace to his word, maybe you shouldn't. But, but you've got to ask yourself why do you desire those things when he's given us a whole lot more? Amen. Uncommon and yes, extraordinary. Sir. I ask myself that all the time. Amen. I, why? Because by answering that same question within myself, I can avoid temptation. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So this is what, So let me tell you about two opposing forces this morning. The thief, thief or the embezzler only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can steal from you, me, this is my experience. If he can steal from you, he'll, then he knows he can kill you. If he can kill you, now he knows he can destroy your memory. Because it's not the way you die. Everybody dies eventually. Everybody dies sometime. It's how you die. If I die in Christ, then my life is not in vain. Because to die in Christ means my life accounted for something and the purpose I have for something. A person can die. You can die for, no, for any reason whatsoever. But if, you never, if you're not dying in Christ, what are you dying for? Nobody's ever going to remember you again. Praise the Lord. However, if some, for some reason uh, the Lord takes me home in the next few moments or whatever you can get the message of my, what I just said on recording. Yes, sir. Matter of fact, we got a whole, we, you got a whole bunch of them. You get. Matter of fact, we had our, our archive department archive all my messages from 1987. So you can go from the very first message as a full-time pastor that I've preached, and you can pull that up any, any given year in there from, 19, from uh, May 31st, 1987 to present, you can hear my voice without me being here. Hallelujah. Well, there's a whole encouraging thing right there. I mean, you all looked really good at that time. I mean, oh yeah, well, big deal, Pastor. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. Well, we, maybe we won't want to. How, whatever. I said whatever. Yes, sir. I'm still belong to Jesus. Yes, sir. Good grief. Praise the Lord. Anyway, he says the thief comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, "I have life." I started studying this, and I realized that everything attached to my life. Okay has two opposing forces over it. Every thought that I have has two opposing ideas over it. Every decision I make has two opposing ideas over it. One set to kill me and destroy me and the other set to give me abundance. The difference is I have to know the one before I can discern the other. I said, I have to. This is good. This is good preaching, by the way. I had to know the one before I can discern the other. If I'm not familiar with God's voice and how he talks and I learned that through his word. If I'm not familiar with that, then I could be duped by the embezzler and could lose a little bit by little bit by little bit. This is a good message. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, this is what happens. A person who goes to church and gives their heart to the Lord and they cry at the altar, we might get them into the waters of baptism and baptize them and they are a new creation, never before existed. No doubt in my mind that they were sincere in going through that. And then all of a sudden they diminish and diminish and diminish and diminish. The embezzler is at work. And then the, the thing is about the embezzler, he also provides excellent, listen to me, the embezzler also provides excellent excuse. Excuse that's unrefutable by any pastor or anybody's counseling your life. Oh, come on. To where they have to say, Oh, I'm sorry, but I guess you're right. I guess you had no other choice. Lies. Amen. You always have another choice. Yes, sir. You always have another choice. Yes, sir. Are you here? Amen. See, there's something that I looked in the the Bible. There was something that Paul had, Peter had, the apostles had. There was something that they had. I'm talking about after the day of Pentecost. Uh, They were just like us screw-ups before the day of Pentecost. But after the day of Pentecost, man, something happened to these guys. Because Paul was the one who wrote to the Thessalonians. He said, a man that keepeth himself, the evil one touches him not. Touches him not. This man was shipwrecked. He was put in prison. He was beaten how many How many times? Matter of fact, it became the resume for his apostleship. How can he say the evil one has not touched him not? No, 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 You don't understand. The embezzler never got the goods. Amen. He only attacked from the outside, but he never stole the goods. Never did I defy Christ. Never did I Amen. shrink back because of difficulties. Yes, never. He had a courage that was uncanny yes, sir. in
1: Amen. his Praise situation.
0: Yes, sir. So I think, man, how on earth can Paul say, and here's another question for Paul. I've wronged no man. What? Are you kidding me? Paul was the murderer of the church before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he knocked him off his high horse, blinded him, and made him depend on another church member to come along with his hands on him and get him his healing back, his, his eyesight back. But then he served the Lord. But before then, he was a murderous rat. Yes, sir. I've never wronged any man. Because Paul wasn't tapped in to the here and now, or even his human history. Paul was tapped in to the relationship and relevance of Christ now and understood beyond any any comprehension how god had erased that sin and forgiven him of all those things Amen. he had a revelation he just didn't have a preacher tell him that or another christian tell him that he had a revelation of that yes sir people can tell you all kinds of things and tell you, preach to you to you, to the cows come home whatever that is hallelujah used to be back in the old days used to be 4:30 in the afternoon hey, but, but the fact is you know to 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 the they can preach that to you. But until you get a revelation on how that happens, you, man, I didn't get past my first scripture this morning. Amen, Are we getting anything this morning? Hallelujah. Here's what I also noticed. The two opposing forces I shared with you is, a, is, is behind every decision that we make. So before you make a decision, you ought to ask yourself which force is talking here because both of them can talk at the same time. Yes, sir. Right? What if I was to stand up here? I'm not going to do this. What if I was to stand up here and, 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 I, and I'm going, uh, Jeff Rice, I got a word for you. Deacon Jeff Rice, uh, uh, I'm here in the spirit of the Lord. Is the church needs money and you're to rob First State National Bank tomorrow, or First State Bank tomorrow morning, go in there, uh, put on a certain kind. He said, Get out of here. We're not going to do that. Of course not. You would know the voice, right? You would know the right. You, you know, that's not right to do. And you know, any, any voice is not a word from the Lord. Because no matter what. Per person brings you the word of the Lord. It has to line up with this book. Yes, sir. And you're not supposed to be a thief. <laughs> Why? Well, God has given you, is uh, given you royal blood, His royalty. We're the, of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. There's nothing we have to steal because there's nothing we have to need. God beats our needs and supplies our needs according to Christ Jesus, according to riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. So maybe what you're wanting or, 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 or determining your faith on that maybe isn't what you need at all. Praise. The Lord. Are you serious to give me a ten minute? Listen, I get an extra five minutes because Saree took longer. <laughs> <laughs> They're flipping me to ten minute thing. Ten minutes? You got to be kidding me! I just got started. Thank you. Hallelujah, Saree. <laughs> that used up my time to start with. No, kid. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, I, I got to get to Joshua because you can't talk about courage without talking to Joshua. Right, right. Because Joshua, if he was here today, you know, you know the Old Testament in Joshua. If Joshua was here today, he would tell you, I was so thick headed after following Moses and fighting his battles. You remember, Joshua was a general. Yes, sir. I mean, he, he, he led the armies of Israel out of Egypt. I mean, he, he led to, against the enemies. And he depended on God. Remember, uh, Moses was up on the hill watching the battle of Joshua was engaged with his troops. And Aaron and Hur were on each side of him. And Moses began to res- lift up his hands. Oh, here we go again with lifting up the hands. Amen. And as long as they lift up their hands, Israel won. But Moses got tired and his hands began to sink. So Aaron is on one side, Hur is on the other side. And they propped up his hands because when his hands went down, Joshua began to lose. Joshua saw all this stuff. And now the Lord is telling, now he's in where Moses takes place in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. No man shall be able to stand to you the days of your life. This is the Lord talking to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. That should have been enough right there. Okay, end of sermon. Let's go home. We got it. God is with us. Nothing can happen to us. Whatever we're going to do, put our mind to it. We're going to take the promised land. We're going to go for it. Nope, that wasn't enough. This warrior needed more. Because God looks in. So he says again in Joshua 1.6, be strong and be of good courage for this is your people. And, and, and so to, you're the one who's going to divide, let uh, to read the whole thing, but you're the one that's going to divide in inheritance. You're the one that's going to take them into the promise. I promised Abraham, I, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Joshua, so, okay. It's not good enough. Because we've got Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9, I have, have I not commanded you? Now God's getting a little bit stronger with the question. He's asking a question and he knows the answer too. And now you better come up with the right answer because he just he went twice now he 's just told you that. now here 's the third time Have I not commanded you he didn 't suggest it to him he didn 't say this is a good way to win in the in, in land he said, oh i 'll give you the formula and so you can win no, no he said i 'm commanding you right now. this is a command you know the command like he's commanded you to go to church you don 't have to throw that in there Amen. okay but he 's commanded yes. Have I not commanded you? You, in other words, now, if I'm commanding you, this is your responsibility. You have to do something with this. If I'm commanding you, you have to do something. This is what God's telling Joshua. Amen. Uh, he said, I "Have I not commanded you. Be strong and be of good courage. Be strong. And be, here he says it again. Do not be afraid. Do not dismay for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Are we done? Hallelujah. Is that it? Nope. Joshua 1, 18. only be strong and of good courage. God says it again. Don't you get on my case because you heard something I said before. Oh, you already gave us that teaching, Pastor. Tough. Take it again. Amen. Because basically you didn't get it the first time. <laughs> and I'm the same way. I got to re-listen to it too, not to put it, put it down. Amen. Praise the Lord. Be a strong and good courage. You think that's it? Well, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence of what God, what, what God got through to Joshua. Because in Joshua 10, 25, then Joshua said, get that down, underline that in your Bible, then Joshua said, How many want to say what God is saying? But you see, he had to get it. And God had to drill this into him. Be a good courage. I'm with you. Be a good courage. I'm with you. Be a good courage. I'm with you. Be a good courage. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Over and over again. Now Joshua can finally say, I've got the revelation. And now he's telling other people. He's telling his troops. He's telling the people of Israel. He said, I'm your leader now. But Moses is gone. He said, but here, understand this. He says, Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. That sounds familiar. Hallelujah. Yes. Be of strong and of good courage. For thus saith the Lord, I would, what the Lord will do to all your enemies against you whom you fight. In other words, God's going to do them in. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. All this from courage. Yes, sir. A revelation. In other words, not just, I mean, he, if he just said it once, it should have been enough. I mean, God didn't speak that much time to bring the whole world into existence. <laughs> right? And darkness was upon the face of the earth. And God said, Light be one time. And there it, there it was. We got the sun. And we've been in light ever since. And he made all the creatures that walked across the earth. And then he took the dirt of the ground. I mean, once he spoke it, once he did it, once it was done. He took some dust. It together and there, lo and behold, Adam. Amen. Oh, wait a minute, I got another part. You reach in there, grab a rib, yank it out of the side. Oh, there, Eve. Amen. Hallelujah! No trouble. Nobody, the, 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 the science didn't give him a hard time, the physics didn't give him a hard time. <laughs> Only man gives him a hard time. Amen. Amen. That's right, Pastor. the animals do what they do. Hey, right, what about Jonah? Huh? I could go to Jonah i uh, prepared a great fish for you. Hallelujah. Fish, do what you're supposed to do. The fish do what it's supposed to do. The ways they do what it's supposed to do. Even the heaven do what they're supposed to do. They're praying to some god to, 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 to say, Jonah, he's out there sleeping. The prophet of God. Hallelujah. So the fish... Did what God told it to do. The waves did it. The wind did what it did. The heathen, and the boat was doing it. it was rocking just like it God was intended it to do. And they finally throw it. And the only one that didn't do what God called them to do was the prophet. A God who had the message of God for setting people free it didn't do what God wanted them to do. Hello. Don't look at me so pious. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Can I say this one thing? I want you to get this down. The enemy always claims victory write this in your notes the enemy always claims victory before the battle begins the enemy always claims victory before the battle begins get it down the enemy always claims victory before the battle begins it's time to push back and claim the victory in the name of Jesus so just because you heard you ain't gonna get past this one you're gonna lose this one Alright, let, let, let me give you some let me give you some, some rundown as I don't have time to go to all the scriptures, but what about this? With Joshua was the walls of Jericho. We just got to talk talking about Joshua. He followed God's examples and the walls came down. So there was an impossible, impossible. Twelve foot thick walls that went around the city. They used to raise chariots upon the tops of them, or could have. And, and 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 so on and so forth. And God caused them to fall down flat. Because they sang and praised the Lord and blew the shofars at the time in the given sequence that God told them to do that sequence. It was impossible, but yet it got done. David with Goliath. Are you kidding me? Goliath comes out. Who, Who am I? Am I some dog you're going to hit with a stick? You got to be kidding me. Come here, boy. I'm going f- I'm, to. I'm, this is Kevin Kerr paraphrase. I'm going to feed your carcass to the buzzards. He said the fowls of the air, but it's the same, same uh, analogy. David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, here's the words of God coming back. Amen. You f- come at me with a sword and a spear, I come at you with a sling and with a stick. No. Uh-uh. He never came to him in his abilities. Amen. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. David never said, yes. now I took out the lion, take out the bear, you're just a big old hunk of a bear. I just take you, just like I took out that bear. No, he didn't brag on himself, even though he could have. He did those things. But he didn't say that he did those things. He said, the Lord had delivered me from the paw of the bear and the Lord had delivered me from the paw of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So David had his Goliath and the Goliath, the enemy, mouthed off the victory before it happened. Just like the devil. He's a liar. It ain't going to happen that way. Amen. Amen. Oh, would I? Oh, yeah. Then there's Gideon. You saw that with the kids' uh, 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 video. Gideon. Gideon had 32,000 troops, and he's counting. 32,000 troops. I might be able to do what the Lord had me to do because he gave me 32,000 troops. And he's marching to the battle. Now he's 400 to 1 outnumbered with 32,000 troops. Or no, with the the 300. But he's outnumbered even with the 32,000 troops. God whittles them down. Too many. And what did God say? He said, it's too many to give into the hands of the enemy, because they have no heart for battle. It's like a lot of church people say, I ain't got no heart for battle, I ain't got no heart for battle. Good, send them back home. You might as well go back home, do what you want to do, get prayed up, get a relationship with God, and move on. So he picked out 300 that were ready to fight, is what the bottom line is. It's longer than that, but i got shorter time. But the fact is, 300. So Gideon marched with the 300. But here's what God said. He said, that is too many for me to give into the hands of the enemy. Because of the lack of will, listen to me, church, yes, this talks to you too. Amen. Because of the lack of will to see victory, because of the lack of will to come against circumstances that were insurmountable for the lack of will to see the supernatural God of hand work on my behalf, go on home, is what he said, because it won't work. Go on home. But those that are looking to fight, looking for a fight, itching for a fight, we can do it, we can do it. Yes, and those 300 men saw victories. Over yes, armies, yes. not just one army. Read your Bible. Amen. Over armies, he saw. Yes, sir. Had the victory. Hallelujah. So Gideon had this possible circumstance of taking this thing with 300 men. That was his, that was his big Amen. thing. Amen. So he had a decision to make, didn't he? Courage under fire. Amen. Amen. The shortage of troops. These were situations that required courage under fire. Title of the message. Amen. These were situations. Time to look past the seemingly impossible, I'm reading from my notes, seemingly impossible, for God's supernatural intervention presses us onto victory. Now, let me cover this so I covered all the bases. Well, I know somebody that tried that stuff, it didn't work. Big deal. I'm one of those that has tried, it has worked. Which one are you going to believe? You want to believe the one that don't work? You want to believe the one with it? Well, it depends. It depends on how you want it to fit. If you want your church just to be an, a religion place where you show up and just whenever you want to, to grace us with your presence, then fine. That's all you'll ever have. But if you see this church, when you come in, I'm not I'm talking home here. That's, when you come into this church and you see the supernatural intervention of God in these services yes, and anointing of God on these services, like, you're either here. Amen. Okay. Now you will take something different away. Everybody will come through the same door. Everybody will listen to the same preacher, but not everybody will get the same thing. Come on, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> yes, I you this morning. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Now, we're talking about courage, aren't we? Yes, sir. Okay, you may need courage. Just listen to this message. Amen. Acts chapter 5, I'm going to close with this. Acts chapter 5, you can read the whole chapter, but verses 17 through 20 talks about the apostles that were imprisoned. Interesting. I was looking at this, uh, and what I've always been taught in Bible training uh, in preparing messages: of you take a verse of Scripture, and you read the verses above it, and you read the verses below it, and maybe sometimes you have to read the chapter before it and the chapter after it, and and that's how you keep Scripture from coming out of context. So you get the whole context of the thing. (laughs) Acts chapter five is famous for one thing: two people, Ananias and Sapphira. Need I say more? They lied about giving an offering to the church. Didn't have to lie, but they chose to lie to make themselves look better in front of the body of Christ, and they fell over dead. Now, pick up, that's in the preceding verses to the apostles, okay, (laughs) who went out and were preaching in the synagogue. Actually, they're preaching in Solomon's porch which was a portico of the, of the, of the temple and, and basically holy ground all, all the same. And they were preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were laying hands on people and miracles were happening and the Sadducees all got ticked off. You know why? Because there were supernatural things and the Sadducees didn't believe in the supernatural because they were sad, you see. <laughs> see, Pharisees believe in the heaven, but Sadducees don't So because they didn't believe in heaven. They said, you see. Yes. Said, uh, didn't work any better that way either. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, I'm moving right along. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the apostles were, now, the apostles were being laid hands on. They were thrown in prison by the Sadducees, complaining into Roman prisons. Actually, it says here in a public prison or uh, common prison means public prison. Uh, in in actually, I'm moving to Acts chapter 17 through 20, but uh, 5, 17 through 20. Uh, but it says it says it says they were thrown in prison. So here they are. Can, I want you to picture this. Christian, Key West Christian, Covenant Word Church member, I want you to listen to this. They were thrown in prison because they were doing what the Lord wanted them to do. They were being punished for doing what God wanted them to do. So what happens? God intervenes. Everybody say, Horay. hooray. Yeah, God intervenes. Yes, I knew that prayer session was good. I knew we, I should have come out on Tuesday night and to the pastor. I just knew it. Man, yes, God showed up doors flew open, and we walk out of the prison. But now the angel appears to us. Well, he's doing all these marvelous works to set us free, and he says the words that we dread to hear. What would you have us do? Go back to Solomon's porch and preach it again. Lay hands on the sick. Isn't that what got us here to start with? Huh? Yes. <laughs> Yes, do it again. Why? Because our God is bigger. Hallelujah. Every one of those soldiers that allowed them to escape, including the soldiers that were watching Peter, same thing happened to Peter. Every one of those Roman soldiers was put to death. Read your Bible. The freedom of those apostles caused the death of those Roman soldiers because they got away from them. And a Roman soldier had to pay with his own life if he had an escaped prisoner. Amen. Are you here? we wouldn't have any sheriff's department left. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, that's another story, sorry. <laughs> but so, so they, they say, you know what? We're going to go out there and the soldier's death is not going to be in vain. We're going to preach that gospel. We're going to lay hands on the sick. And they can rest us again and rest us again and rest us again. Well, that, that makes good preaching, Pastor Hey, we're right behind you. We'll stay in the church and pray for you. Hallelujah. Go for it, Pastor. Get right out there. And we'll just, we're right behind you. We're so far behind you, we, you can't see us, but we're behind you. Hallelujah. I may got something out of the message. Amen. Oh, I got more. I, I've I've got to give me about six pages of notes. Understand something about this. We are moved by our feelings. I'm going to, This is my second closing or third closing? I get three closings. It's the American way. No, (laughs) I said that before. Anyway, uh, let me just leave you with this departing comment. Quitting does not improve your life. I'm just jotting stuff down on my prayer time. Quitting does not, uh, quitting has no rewards. What you get from quitting is regret, shame, guilt, and multiple fear, loss of faith from quitting. So quitting gets you nothing. Amen? Amen? Everybody walks through the wilderness. Everybody walks through the fire. Everybody walks through rough places. Amen? Everybody has the same common thing. But the fact is, it's there. We overcome it. Yes, Amen? Amen? Endurance is a path to God's promise. Endurance increases access. Endurance makes us, uh, gives us a testimony. Understand this. Feelings are influenced This is what I want to leave you with is to, I mean, A lot of times you, you always hear the last thing you, you always stick with with the last thing you heard well, I hope you heard the rest of the message If not, pull it up and listen to it again But feelings are influenced by our focus I don't feel like going to church Of course you don't because you don't focus that way I don't feel like doing this Of course, You know, focus is not down on that You're on something else So feelings are joined by focus You want to change your feelings? Change your focus, yes, sir. and you'll change your feelings. Helping by this morning, yes, amen. Yes. amen. Change your focus, Amen. Here's another thing that changes your feelings. Are you ready for this? Because Saray did a good job this morning. Serae and the, and the team, Skip, uh, uh, Elder Skip, and and, and, and uh, Birdie did a good job this morning. Praise changes your feelings. Amen. You could have come in here all glummed out and bummed out and everything else. As soon as you start lifting up holy hands and get rid of that wrath and doubting that you got. Amen. Hallelujah. Is our, and, and just focus on God, not focus on your problems. Doesn't it change your feelings? Amen. Don't you feel different when you do that? Yes, yes sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Amen. Can I have a little more enthusiastic amen? Praise the Lord. It does. Man, I'm dragging it out this morning. Praise <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I hope it did. It did for me anyway. Diane and I are great. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Maybe the rest oh. of you need to catch up. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Tough times. How many are going through tough times? Well, Let me share some things. This is my third closing. Promise. This is this is it. After this, okay. Tough times uh, uh, bring together worthy relationships. Esther was recognized in a crisis moment. Jonathan and David. D- Jonathan met David in a crisis time. Ruth met Boaz in a crisis season. And difficult times can bring good people together. Amen.